worship the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors, he parted the raging sea, my God, he holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out our praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord, our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet, we shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals, we sing to the God who saves, we sing to the God who always makes a way. Then he rose up from the grave My God still rolling stones away There's joy in the house of the Lord There's joy in the house of the Lord today And we won't be quiet We shout out your praise There's joy in the house of the Lord Our God is surely in this place And we won't be quiet We shout out your praise Accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. We shout out your praise.
John chapter 1, if you turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1, as you're turning there, December 7th, 1941, a day that will live in infamy, right? The day that our church was founded. Uh, we just had our 80th birthday. Praise God. And I, I tell you what, I love the direction he's leading us in, and I can't wait to see where he takes us in the future. Uh, so uh, I praise God for that. I, uh, I praise God that people speak up and, and give testimonies and give praise to God. Kevin was, we were doing our prayer time and Kevin said, you know, we're quick to pray. Sometimes we're not quick to praise and thank God for those answered prayers. Um, I've been praying over the, I, I pray this prayer regularly that God gives me a weird interaction with somebody a uh, happen chance, uh, a weird meeting with somebody that I can just share my testimony with. And, and that happened this week. I, I met a, a young person who um, is in a dark place. And um, God just opened the door to share the good news with that, with that person. And uh, I, I pray that you pray that same thing, that that you'd have an opportunity to speak the truth in life to somebody. And I pray that he gives you that. I pray you recognize it. I pray you're bold with it, right? I pray you don't shrink back from it. And I pray that you, you realize, as I do, the Holy Spirit's in it. The Holy Spirit's guiding it. The Holy Spirit's got it. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. When she started telling me what she's dealing with in life, I was like, oh, I don't know what to tell you, what, how to help you, how to minister to you. And, and God just steered that conversation, though. And I give him praise. So I pray, pray that uh, 
you let the Holy Spirit lead you. But John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Today, uh, this isn't your typical Christmas story. I love this time of year because it, of what it represents. I know you've probably heard the shepherds and the, and the, the accounts in, in Luke 2 time and time again. I wanted to look at something different, a little different perspective about who Jesus is and what his coming means to us. John starts out drawing a comparison in this passage to the creation account, Genesis 1.1. This passage says, In the beginning was the Word. So we learn that Jesus is referred to as the Word. Why is he referred to as the Word? Well, again, yes, truth. Well, again, this is a tie to Genesis 1 where God speaks all things into existence. God speaks all things into existence. Psalm 33, 6 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Going on, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So before anything is created, there we have Jesus, there we have God the Father. Two persons, they are together and they both are God. We believe in the Trinity. We believe there are three persons. And you can see that third person in other places described in the Bible. We don't need to go into that. But Genesis one twenty six says, God said, let us, right? God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Verse 3, through him, Jesus, all things were made. Without him, Nothing was made that has been made. Now, verse 4 starts to introduce a new concept, and, and this is what I really want to focus in on today. In him, in Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness not, has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That's what we're celebrating, right? He was in the world and through the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Amen? Father, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts through it. Lord, we want to hear from you. We want to be led by you. We want to be convicted by you. Father, pray that you would do this during this time. You have right of way. Soften our hearts. Open our eyes and our ears. Unpack the scripture, Lord, in our hearts. Explain it to us. Lord, we give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. 
This, this, my friends, as I said, is what we celebrate today. We see in this passage that Jesus is the light. What, what does that mean? Jesus is the light. The Greek word here for light is phos, P-H-O-S, and it means light. But in particular, it's more than just light. It means spiritual truth. It means knowledge. It means enlightenment for your soul. This, this would have been a huge concept for the Greek culture that would be hearing John's letter, the Greek audience that he's writing to, because they love to debate truth. They love to debate about truth. The Greek philosophers were constantly trying to analyze the world and come up with their meanings of life, their theories about life, about existence, and about truth. This is what they were focused in on as a culture. People like Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, Pythagoras, all these philosophers helped shape a a culture that was in pursuit of truth with a capital T, the one truth, not a person's truth the truth. The problem was that they couldn't agree on it. They couldn't agree what truth looked like. Here John tells people what truth looked like. It looks like Jesus. Jesus is the embodiment of truth and reason. He's the light in the dark world where people are desperately searching for truth and meaning and understanding. It was the same back then as it is today. People are still searching for truth, meaning, and understanding. John says, Jesus is the light. He is the phos. He is the radiant light that illuminates everything around him. And when you think about it, it's such an amazing way to understand who Jesus is. Especially when you realize just how dark this world is. I, I don't think there's anyone I need to convince that this world can be pretty dark. All of us have experienced darkness. I hate when I go to the movie theater and I'm running late, right, and they dim the lights before I can find my seat, and I go in there and my eyes are trying to adjust to it, right? There is some light in there, but it's not enough, and so you're kind of paralyzed for a little bit before your eyes adjust, before you can go find your seat. Have you ever been in complete darkness, though? That's a, that's a whole different story, like right? where you can't see the hand right in front of your face? Have you ever experienced that kind of darkness? That's disorientating. I don't know about you, but you you have to walk with your hands out and you're trying to feel your way through things. You can't see where you're going. And it's not a matter of just letting your eyes adjust, right? There is no adjusting. You just can't see anything. It's total darkness. It's, It's easy to trip over things. It's easy to bump into things. I remember one time in the middle of the night, I woke up and I had to go to the bathroom and I was going outside of our bedroom and I didn't realize that the door was partly closed. And so I'm, I'm walking like this and I walk smack right into the door, right? And it split my forehead right open. It's difficult in the dark. It's difficult to navigate. It's difficult to find your, your way. If you've experienced complete darkness, you, you know what I'm talking about. That's what it's like trying to navigate in this world, though, without Jesus, without the true light. And this is what John is reminding us that we celebrate today. We have the light. It is available to us. The light of the world has come. The truth of life, the meaning of life has come 
and how much easier it is to navigate life with that light. Without Jesus, this world is dark and people don't see where they're going. They, they can't understand where they're going. In regards to truth, right? People don't know, people don't understand right from wrong. Or they make up what's right for them. They have no sense of direction, though. It, it's like we're, we're wandering around looking for that light switch. Um, that's why so many people call evil good. So many people have a, a different sense of what truth is. When you don't have the true source of, of life, the true source of, of truth, then you come up with your own truth, what's true for you. And that's what we see prevalent in our culture today. Well, that might be true for you, but this is what true is true for me. That's why John's account is so amazing, because we realize that God is the answer to that. He's the answer to us wandering around in the darkness, looking for light, looking for truth. God reveals truth to mankind through Jesus. Jesus is the face of God. I told you that light here comes from the word phos. It's, it's where we get the word photo from. Think about how light is used to capture an image, a, a photograph, right? John says Jesus is God, was with God from the beginning. So Jesus is the light that allows us to see the image of God. That's what Paul is referring to in, in Colossians 1.15 when he says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. In our world today, people are searching for that truth, that meaning in life in order to find their way in this dark world and John says in 14, 6, I am the way, speaking about Jesus, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then he says, if you've seen me, right, you've seen the Father. You've seen God. Because he's the perfect representation of God. He is God in flesh He's what people are searching for, the, the image of the invisible God. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas time God becoming flesh, Emmanuel, God dwelling with mankind. We got an image of God, right? We got an image of truth through, through the Word of God. We see Jesus described in how he acted and what he said, and it puts a face on it for us, a face on, on God. It's our, it's our photo album of God. It's our picture of God. We're, we're able to see the full embodiment of him, the light revealed, the truth. That's great news, right? You would think people would celebrate that, people would be happy about that. We'd all jump on it, but we don't, right? Why not? Verse 11 gives us one reason. He says, he came to that which was his own. He came to the Jewish people, the people called by God, but his own did not receive him. Jesus came to his own, and they rejected him. They rejected the truth because the truth wasn't the truth that they wanted. And that's the same thing that we do today. That's the same thing our culture does today. Jesus is the light of the world, but darkness doesn't want light. We know this from our physical experiences with light, right? My son 
has this thing where he is very good at sleeping. He's a professional. He can sleep for 11, 12 hours a day. I think he's wasting his day. So I go into his room and try to help him out, right? I get rid of the darkness. I help him get up and get moving by opening the curtain and letting the light in, right? Is that appreciated? No. No, it's not. I'm letting the light in. It's a good thing to my son, though, in that moment. It is, it is not a good thing. And that's the same with us. Sometimes we're in the darkness. Sometimes people are in the darkness. And that light isn't initially welcomed. I even don't always like the, right, the light, right? When I, when I go to work and it just happens to be that right time of the year when you, you turn on Town Line Road 12 and you're facing the sun and that sun is just at the right position that, that comes right into your car and blinds you. you know, I, I try to pull that sun visor down. I try to put the sunglasses on to, to block that light, but it, it rarely helps, right? Sometimes that light is just bright. Sometimes it's just uncomfortable. Sometimes we just want to stay away from it. The light is a guide, though. It's a good thing. But when you're not used to it, when you're used to the darkness, it's not always welcome. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it can blind you because it's, it's too much. John says the light shines in the darkness. You would think the darkness wants the light, but the darkness rejects the light. We see that today. The darkness avoids the light. The darkness hates the light. It does whatever it can to get away from the light. It's crazy. Instead of welcoming truth, instead of celebrating that we can know what is truth, real truth, we try to shut it down. We try to avoid it. John further explains this in John 3.19. He says, Light has come into the world. But people love the darkness instead of the light and will not come into the light. Why? For fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. No one, no one is crazy about having their deeds made public right? Their deeds made known. We avoid the light because we, kinda, we want to keep on doing what we want to keep on doing, even when we know it's not what we should be doing. The light tells us it's wrong. The light tells us, hey, don't do that. And so we, we step back from the light and try to avoid it. We, we all do this in certain ways. This is our, our way of our world when the true light, when the true truth comes against us, we, we want to search instead for a, di- a different truth, a truth that accepts what we want to believe, right? We make up our own truth that aligns with what we want to believe, which often aligns with our feelings. Here, here's what we need to realize, though. There is only one truth. Amen? And Jesus says, he is the truth. If your truth is different than God's truth, then you're in the darkness. You're living in the darkness. You're rejecting the light. If you reject God's truth for your made-up truth or some other man's truth, you're simply setting yourself up as a false light 
or accepting a false light. I love what John says about John the Baptist in verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness of the light. John the Baptist knew he wasn't the light. That's huge because there are a lot of people out there today that believe they're the light. That their truth is the right truth, even when it doesn't align with God's word. Sometimes we even believe that, that, that we know the truth, that we're enlightened, enlightened. That's you and I if we push our truth over God's truth. God, God help us if we do that. God, God help us not just with us, but God help us if we portray that to somebody else and somebody buys into that. Man, I never want to preach anything but God's word and God's truth. That, that scares me. If you're a Sunday school teacher, that should scare you. If you're talking to somebody about God, that should scare you. We're responsible for this truth. We testify, like John did. We testify that Jesus is the truth, that God's word is the truth, not man's word, not what we believe, not what we feel. There is one truth, and we need to align ourselves with that. Uh, Until you can admit that you aren't the light, that you're in darkness without Christ, until that happens, you'll avoid his light. You'll avoid it because you want to stay where you're at. You'll avoid truth. You'll pull the covers over your head, right, when somebody comes and opens up the window. How many times have I heard people say, have I, have I heard Christians say, well, I, I believe this, and it's been something that's contrary to God's word. That's scary. Here's the truth, right? It doesn't matter what you believe about abortion. It doesn't matter what you believe about sexuality. It doesn't matter what you believe about gender. Pick any topic that's popular today. It does not matter what you believe. It only matters what God's word says. You may think you're getting political. No, I'm getting biblical, right? We believe God's word over what we feel, over what we think, over what we reason. We believe it because it's the truth. It's the light. It's for our good. Well, I know what God's word, but this is what I believe. This is my truth. No. If you're a follower of Christ, you can never buy into that statement. Yeah, I'm sure you can find an article from some pastor out there that believes what you want to believe. I'm sure you can find some article from some medical professional or some scientist, and and science claims this is true, but that's not truth. That's that's fake truth. That's false truth, right? My, My friends, we have to realize we have an enemy we have an enemy that is with war with God. When we went through the Revelation series, we saw that they declares war on God's children, right? And do you know what that enemy is, is known for? 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, He's known as, a, as a, someone who masquerades as an angel of light. 
he masquerades as truth. Right? But there's nothing truth. There's nothing of truth in him. He is the father of all lies. He is deceptive. He pretends to be truth, but he's just lying to you. We see this in the garden, right, with Adam and Eve. He presents himself as truth to them, as an enlightened being, and tries to get Eve to enlighten herself, to get enlightened. Isn't that what he promises them? God says, hey, if you eat this, you'll die. And what's he say? Oh, you won't die. God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. There's an enemy masquerading as light. There's an enemy masquerading at truth in our society and every society. Well, science proves this. Whenever science comes out and says that they prove this, that it's something contrary to the Word of God, I give it time and watch it crumble. I don't get excited. I don't get worried. I don't get scared. I just watch it crumble. I I watch evolution crumble more and more every day. I watch them come up with new theories about evolution. Oh, it must have been, our world must have been seeded by aliens. And that's what people buy into. They're looking for something so that they can hang on to their truth. They're desperate for it. They'll find a way to ignore God's word and come up with what they believe. And sometimes pastors, sometimes preachers want to be popular and they'll share that false truth. And that's why you have to be watching me. You have to be watching anybody that's in the pulpit and saying, saying, is he preaching the truth? Is he testifying to the truth, right? The enemy wants us to believe that dark is light. He's whispering it in our ears, trying to convince us of that. And we're buying it faster and faster nowadays with our culture. Just when you think the world can't get any darker, it seems like in 2021, man, it just seems like we're, we're heading down that slope pretty fast now. Uh, it seems like we go to a whole new level. You, you know what the latest push is? I, I don't want to be careful of this. Um, there's an old Dominion pastor, professor that just came, came out and says, you know, we shouldn't refer to pedophiles as pedophiles, but we should just call them minor attracted persons. I, I've seen our colleges preaching that pedophilia is okay, pushing it more and more, and it's only a matter of time before the majority of our country probably accepts that truth. And you'll say, no way we'll go down that road. But we're headed down it. Yeah. YouTube has crazy content promoting this right now. Be careful with your kids because it's targeted to your kids. They use fairy tales and cartoons to normalize this. Be careful. So what you and I have to choose first is who am I going to believe? Who am I going to listen to? Yeah, you believe this, right? It's not going to be popular. You you just got to be good with that. You stand for this. People are going to make fun of you. People are going to call you prudes. Friends might disown you. Friends might unfriend you. 
You got to make up your mind, though, what you're going to believe, what you're going to rest on, what you're going to trust completely. Am I going to believe that Jesus is the light? Am I going to believe that Jesus is God and he brought truth to us? Or am I going to let the enemy convince me that darkness is actually light, actually truth? Am I going to justify my truth and what I want to believe? I want to testify that Jesus is the truth. That's all I want to testify to. I want, I want you to listen to the way John describes it in another letter to the church, 1 John 1, 1 John 1, beginning at verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. My friends, that's something that each and every one of us need to examine. You can't call yourself a Christian and reject part of God's truth. It's an all or nothing thing. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Why? Because we all have something in common that we believe the truth. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be born without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That would have been a great time for an amen, right? I love that if I'm willing to confess my sins, confess my darkness and just step into the light, he's faithful to forgive. He'll forgive me. He'll allow me to have a relationship with him. That's, that's an incredible offer, my friends. Here's what you've been searching for. Here's the light. As followers of Christ, we can help other people find that. We can help them find the truth. We can, we can give people our testimony. Hey, I was in the darkness. I remember that, right? I remember when God's word was peeking in and it, I wanted to put the sunglasses on, but then I let it in, man, and it's totally changed my life. It's totally flipped my life upside down. That's what we can do. That's what we can be a part of. Sometimes, though, we as Christians, we want to weaponize the truth. We want to wield it like a lightsaber. We want to combine truth with, with anger and self-righteousness and come at people. It's like we take that lightsaber and just start swinging, swinging at people. Has that ever worked out for anyone in here? I mean, has that ever led to a good conversation where you got to share the good news and lead somebody to Christ? Has anybody? Whenever I've, I've used the truth in that way, it's never worked out good. You know, has, has holding up the sign that God hates you ever been good? We forget that at one time we were in the darkness. And by only the grace of God that we're not there today. Put the lightsaber down, right? It's not how Jesus operated. Do you know what Jesus paired with truth? 
Verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Listen to me, because you might see, see, I think I'm being a little bit off here, but the religious people in Jesus' day, right, the Pharisees, they were great at looking down at everybody, talking down at everybody, seeing everybody as the problem, right? They were full of truth. They knew the truth, but they lacked grace. Jesus invited the crooks and the hookers to come to him. They pushed them away. They didn't want anything to do with them. Those people that Jesus accepted, man, they were coming into the kingdom, and Jesus says, ahead of the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the light changed them and the darkness fled. We, we want to knock the darkness out and then lead somebody to Christ. We want to take on the darkness and then lead somebody to Christ. And we just need to realize that if somebody comes to Christ, that truth will live in them. That truth will set them free and that, that darkness will flee from that. Some of us are like the Pharisees, all truth and no grace. And my friends, that's a dangerous thing. No. Here's the other dangerous thing, though. Some of us are all grace and no truth. Right? Some of us are, God loves you. Don't worry about it. I won't tell you the truth about what God says about what you're doing. And and we think that's okay. That's not okay, right? Remember Jesus with the woman caught in adultery? He says, hey, I don't condemn you, grace, don't sin anymore. Get away from that lifestyle, right? That, that needs to be us. That needs to be our mantra. We need to be grace and truth, full of both. We need to love people enough to tell them the truth. Hey, the path that you're on leads to destruction. The path that you're on does not line up with God's word. And I love you so much, I'm going to tell you that, right? And I'm going to tell you, I was on that path. I know exactly where you're at. I was doing my own thing. And my friends, that path just will lead to nothing but ruin. We need to be full of grace and truth. Jesus spoke the truth and invited them into the light. And he's offering each and every one of us the same opportunity. Let the light, let the truth change you. You can say, I'm done living in the darkness, right? I'm ready for your light to shine. Yeah, I know it's going to hurt, right? I know it's going to sting, but I'm ready. Change me, Lord. Let me ask you this, because I imagine most of you are followers of Christ in here. Here's what I want you to chew on. How much light are you letting in? How much light are you letting in? How much light are you willing to let in. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. God wants to guide your light, your life. God wants to give you a, a full life. I'm not talking about material possessions or, or health or anything like that. I'm, I'm talking about a good life of peace and joy no matter what's going on in your life. He wants to guide you to eternal life. How much light are you letting in? God will lead you in the way of salvation. If you're constantly tripping, 
ask yourself, how much light am I letting in? Am I aligning myself to the truth? Or am I just got enough light in there and, and I'm still tripping over stuff? Let his light come in. Admit that you're full of darkness, right? You've been living in darkness. Receive his grace. Receive his forgiveness. Let his light in. As, as we open ourselves to more and more of that, right? Man, God changes you. The path becomes clearer. You allow yourself to be used more and more by God for his purposes. You start off kind of wanting to do your thing, but when you die to that, you no longer have that, that war going on inside of you, right? You want to do what you want to do, but you also want to do what God wants to do. Let the light in. Let that die, right? And you'll find a life better than you could ever imagine, better than you could ever want. Because that's the truth. The truth. That's God's way, right? It's the most freeing thing in this world. Yeah, you're going to squint. It's going to be painful. You're going to have to let your eyes adjust. You're not going to be perfect, right? But you'll grow in it. At times you'll be tempted to shut it back down. Don't listen to that, though. Leave it open. I remember Saul, right? Saul, in Acts chapter 9, Saul was living in total darkness. He had rejected Jesus. He couldn't adjust to the light, right? He was a persecutor of the church. He was an enemy of God. And Jesus appears to him, and he's literally blinded by the light on the road to Damascus. Couldn't see for days. But then those scales fell off, and he could finally clearly see right Saul became Paul and he lives the rest of his life to testify to the light of Jesus Christ that can be you and me if you've never trusted Jesus Christ that can be you if you fully trust Jesus Christ that can be you I love what Nancy prayed let these kids be missionaries. We're all missionaries. We're all ambassadors for Christ. How much light are you letting in, though? You want to do that well? Open the window. Let it fly open, right? Don't you dare listen to the enemy when he says there's too much darkness around you, right? There ain't enough light to light up your darkness. Don't you dare listen to that. Let the light in, even if it blinds you for a little bit. I want to... I want to let John close this thing back at John chapter 1, verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Christmas. That's what we're celebrating, right? The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not receive him. My friends, do not reject him. 
He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. How many people have been raised in the church and have rejected Christ? Yet, to all, to all that did not receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decisions or a husband's will, but born of God. My friends, there's, there's two invitations before you. The first, if, if you've been living in the darkness, God's calling you into the light. Let the light of Jesus into your life and join the family of God. That's an offer that comes directly from his heart. That's his passion, right? That's what the word of God tells us. And he doesn't want to see anyone fall away. He desires that everyone is saved. He's crazy about you. He created you. He knit you in your mother's womb. He fashioned you specifically. He knows every detail about you. And he came to this earth and died for you in the most humiliating painful way he was willing to do that because that's how much he loved you and he wants to have a relationship with you he wants you to come into the light accept him my friends as the as the way the truth and the life believe in that put your faith in that trust in that right the second invitation is let more light in Maybe you know Christ. Maybe you're letting a little bit of light in. Let it all in. What are you holding back? What are you trying to hang on to? I know what God's word says, but I want to hang on to this because I think this is where my happiness comes from. What is that one thing that you need to, to lay down, to let go of? Maybe it's more than one thing. Here's the second invitation, man. Lay it down. Rip the blinds completely off the window. Let all that light in. Surrender every area of your life to Christ. Every area to Christ. And trust that he wants what's best for you. That he'll give you what's best for you. You think this is best for you, but you don't know. You don't know because you didn't create yourself. You didn't create this world. You don't see the big picture. He does. My friends, be sanctified. Be truly set free. Maybe you had the blinds open, but they got closed back a little. I kind of feel like that's where I'm at right now. Let the blinds close a little bit. And God says, man, what are you doing? Why you believe in the lies? Open it back up. Let his light in. That's you. Maybe you join me and open it back up. Would you stand with me? I want to ask you to do something. If any of those are, are what you're dealing with, I want you to let me know by raising your hand, you know, so I can pray for you so that I can know where you're at and help you. You know, maybe none of those are where you're at. Maybe you're just in some darkness right now, and you're like, man, I just need God's truth. 
God's peace all over my life. This has been a tough season. And I just, I just need to be reminded that God is with me. God is for me. God cares about me in this, in this dark time. If, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? I don't, I don't ask people to bow their heads because when we do stuff like this, we need to confess things. You know, we need to be open and, and honest about that. Is there anybody that I can pray for about those things? I see those. I see those. I see those. I see those. Man, it's, it's going to be an honor to, to pray for you in that. I see that. Is, is there anybody in here that you haven't given your life to Christ? Or maybe you walked away. Maybe you did when you were a kid, but you've been, you've been living in the darkness right now. This is the scary one to raise your hand, right? And let everybody know. Is there anybody here, though, that you're tired of living in the darkness? You feel, you feel God's Holy Spirit convicting you of that, saying to give you their life, to give you his life. Is there anybody in here that, that, that wants to maybe rededicate their life to him or recommit it or, or give it to him the first time and let his light in because you're tired of that darkness, right? You, you, you want to be forgiven. You've been living life the way you want to live it, and you realize, man, I've been living it wrong, and, and the Holy Spirit's just convicting of you of that, and, and you just want to say, man, I've been doing it wrong. I just want to confess my darkness. I just want to confess my sin and, and let God and accept God's grace. Is there anybody here that would pray that? I saw that. Anybody else? Important time, man. Anybody else God reaching out to? I see that. Last thing. Is there anybody else that says, man, I'm living a, I'm living a double life. I'm trying to please myself and do what I want to do. And God's telling me to lay it all down. And I just want to be sanctified. I just want to be set apart. Set apart. I just want God to burst in and change things in my life. Man. Anybody there? See that? Anybody else? Yeah. Man, surrender. Every area. Whatever he brings up to you. Man. Can I tell you, it's not just today. It's a daily thing that we have to do. Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me daily. Right? Surrender your life to him. Let him free you. Let him free you. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for today. Lord, Lord, I pray that if there's somebody in here right now Gosh, life's just been beating them up. And they're wondering what is going on. And they just need a little peace. They just need a little hope. Lord, this is supposed to be a time when we celebrate you. We celebrate your birth. But Father, we're dealing with pain as well. And it's hard. And it's different. And our lives have been thrown upside down. Father, would you just come in and give them peace. Give them the peace that only you can give them. Lord, I pray that it would be like when, when your bones are cold and you just go outside 
and you feel that sun, and you feel that light on you, and you feel that warmth, and it just warms you up, Father, I pray that they'd feel that way with you. Father, I pray that they'd be in your word and let it speak to you. Father, I pray that we around them would, would care enough to reach out to them and offer comfort to them. Lord, be with these people, especially in this. There's a lot of people who have lost family members this last year. Lord, would you comfort them? Would you remind them how much you love them? Would they be reminded of how much you love them? Lord, I pray if there's those people who raised their hand and said, man, they're living in the darkness and they want to surrender their lives to you, Lord, come to know you. Father, I pray that they would confess their sins, confess the things that they've been wrong. They just say, man, I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of doing the things that I want to do. I'm tired of, 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 of having this darkness in my life. Lord, would you come into my life? Father, would you, would you allow me to follow you? Would you give me your grace? Lord, I trust that you died on a cross for my sins, that you paid the price for my sins, and I believe that I can be your son or daughter, that I could have fellowship with you because of your grace. Lord, I give you my life. Lord, would you be with them? Would you help us as a church to come alongside them and equip them and train them and be there for them and help explain things? Father, I pray for the ones who raise their hands, who said they want to let all the light in. They're, they're tired of hanging on to this one life. They're trying, tired of living a double life. Lord, the ones who are, who are like me who said, you did that work, but man, we've let the, the darkness come in a little bit and we need to reopen that light. Father, would you, would you fling that open? Would you help us to die completely to ourselves and live only for you, only for your glory, Lord? Would you sanctify us? Would you set these apart for you? Would you give them victory, man, if there's somebody struggling with a sin? They're tired of picking that sin up again and again and again. They're tired of feeling sorry about it. Father, would you give them freedom from that? Would you take it away? Lord, would you let your grace be all over them? Father, we ask this in your name. Lord, we also ask in your name to let us be a part of what you're doing. To let us be a part of redeeming this world. To seeing people set free from the darkness. Father, would you be all about us being full of grace and truth like you. Father, don't let us be one-sided. Don't let us be top-heavy in one direction, Lord. Let us be willing to tell people the truth, but let us do it as their friend, as somebody who cares about them, and not as somebody pointing a finger. Lord, give us favor in people's eyes around us. Lord, we love you, and we give you all praise. In your name we pray, amen. You are dismissed.